2: You're a mess. Uh? Thank Grimes, it's Tuesday. It's time for Trend Lightly. Are you ready? The trending news podcast for anyone who is literally not an absolute virgin. <laughs> extremely online? Extremely clueless? Horny for Bitcoin? Oh, baby. You're in the right place. Now it's time to meet your host, the Irish-American tornado and the real Princess of Wales. We are back. Molly McAleer and Tiffany Maddox.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to Trend Lightly. It's me, Tiffany Scott Maddox, and of course, my co-host, Molly McAleer. Hey, Molls. Hi, honey. Oh, that took it out of me, actually.
3: <laughs> I really, that was a big one for you. I know. Yeah. Well, we have our predictions coming up. Our yes. predictions episode for 2023. I have to revisit my list. I think I said this last week. I think I did better than I thought on a few things. They just didn't show up the way that I wrote them. But your, yours were spot on. And I'm just I'm feeling the pressure.
0: So am I, because a few of mine were kind of scarily accurate. But I'm wondering. Last year we did say no, no pregnancies, no deaths.
3: No, we did pregnancies.
0: Oh, we allowed to do pregnancies. Okay, cool, cool, cool. cool
3: yeah, cool, cool. we can do pregnancies. I I flopped on every single one of my guesses. I think my guesses were like Ariana Grande. Ah, uh, yeah. Like a female SNL like cast member. Like, I was... Mine were, like, very off. Pigeon, stop. Pigeon, sorry. Pigeon has a taste for wires right now, and I'm... This always scares me so bad, because I only have one C-cord left that she hasn't eaten, so... Sorry about that, guys. I know. I predict <laughs> my cats will put me in the mental hospital at some point this year.
0: <laughs> yeah, I endorse that one. I think that one could happen. And we're going to do 23. So last year we did 22. This year we're going to do 23. God, how yeah. long is the show going to go on for? Do you think we'll make it?
3: <laughs> well, we don't have to discuss but, everything for too long, right? Or we could yes, always make yeah. it a two parter, like not. There's going to be some things that we each have that are like there's no reason to really, yes. dig deeper, yeah. but yeah, I fought a war this week.
0: you did I was thinking about you actually, as I was kind of watching it happen from the sidelines, not really fully not really fully diving in, but i but i did I did think of you solemnly, so do you want to do you want to tell me about it?
3: yeah, so Taylor Swift tickets went on sale this week for the eras tour, which, if you're unfamiliar it's going to be basically like a kind of a greatest hits tour where she's released. uh, She's re-released two albums since the last time she toured as well as three new whole albums. So it seems like she's going to be sort of, paying a tribute to her overall, like, discography. Okay. Very concerned that she's going to have to sing All Too Well 10-minute version every night. That's going to blow out the vocals real quick. But (laughs) it was a multi-tiered process where, you know, once the sale of the tickets were announced, you could choose to sign up for a verified fan spot. And it basically was you had to, you know put your email in on Ticketmaster and pick the three shows that you would most likely want to go to. And then they would pick a show for you if you got the email. So I got the email. Nicole did not. My friend Kate did not. There was people I know who like cast a slightly wider net and like, you know, they didn't get the email, but like maybe their dad did or something. So Mm -hmm. it would be like, It was just, it felt like I had no idea how I wound up getting the verified fan email. But it meant that I would get to be a part of like this pre-sale thing where they let us in early to get what we all assumed was like a selection, like a a smaller selection of tickets. And they also do this with Capital One because she is like, does a, she has an overall deal with them where basically they... You know, if you use a Capital One credit card to buy Taylor Swift tickets, like there's a variety of bonuses, right? So pre sale, then Capital One. So basically, I was like on a meal plan, like the similar, similarly to the way I did with Midnights, where I was like eating for competition and health, like over (laughs) the last. Like, I was training for it like I was a bodybuilder or something. Like, I'm yeah, like, lean, green, <laughs> green meat, eggs, greens. Like, I was keeping it very, very serious over here. So I wound up sleeping. You know that I, I don't always have the best internet. So I wound up sleeping at a friend's on the other side of town so that I could wake up early. pre sale started at 10 a.m. in each time zone. So my friends in New York were on three hours earlier than me. But like, it was because they would, if you were a verified fan, Ticketmaster sent you a text and a lot of people didn't get these. A lot of people got the email, didn't get the text. Ticketmaster sent you a text with a link to the show that you were selected for and a pin number. Okay. So this is where like a little bit of the drama starts. Okay. Because I, you know, I wake up and at, you know, nine o'clock I'm in front of the laptop Wait, waiting in line with all of these other people behind, with, you know, with all these other people waiting for us to enter what's called the waiting room, which then you find out roughly where you are in line. And then you, you know, you just wait for the countdown. And for a lot of people, it took hours. But here's the thing. Ticketmaster's website was a fucking nightmare. Like when I woke up and started tweeting like, hey, I'm in line, blah, blah, blah. I had people saying to me, like, Ticketmaster's a mess right now. And you might not like it's, I mean, you might not be able to get the site working. And I'm like, whatever. I'm like, I don't like, I was like, I don't need this drama. Like, I'm not like, you know, it's going to be a good day. I'm going to get my tickets. It's going to be a good day. So part of the problem with this was that you did not need to have a verified fan email in order to, or a text link in order to join the queue. So a lot oh. of people were joining the queue who didn't have the link because, like they're just bastards, you know what i mean? They didn't make you enter your pin to get into the like the waiting room, which is probably where they went severely wrong here because you only entered the pin after. So it just feels like at a certain point during the day, i was like on this thing where i was like there's something that feels theatrical about this. Like whole waiting thing, ticketmaster crashing, et cetera. So at the last minute, at like 9.55, I get a 5.05 error from Ticketmaster. And I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. My friends in New York had been waiting for four hours at that point with no sign of like a line stopping. So my my Ticketmaster completely crashes. Then probably about 10.15, Ticketmaster sent out a, like a, notice saying like this is an unprecedented like historical amount apparently the amount of people that logged on to get taylor swift tickets that morning were more than the super bowl and the top five touring acts in the world combined
0: oh my god
3: so beating only her own record for reputation which you know it Like, that's so Taylor Swift to just, like, beat your own record. That said, Ticketmaster has seen the hell that is people signing up for Taylor Swift tickets or trying to get them. So mm-hmm. what they did last time with Rep, and they swore to never do again because it wasn't lucrative for them, was do rolling tickets where, like, batches of, like, 600 tickets or something were released at a time in different cities. And, like, that's the way you could get one. And that made more sense because it didn't involve so many people all at once. And it also sort of, like, made it less of an incentive for scalpers, I I would say, right? So, Ticketmaster's crashing. They move the West Coast sale to 3 p.m. And I'm like, I cannot believe I, I have to do this. So, I I left my friend's house to go home. It's time to feed the kitties. And I left my fucking charger at my friend's house and I had to like I like told my Uber I'm like you have to turn around. I was like 5 minutes from my house. I was like you have to turn around. I'm sorry. And so I drove all the way back to the other side of town, got my fucking charger, finally got, you know, finally got inside and I start loading the Ticketmaster page with a 3 hour wait time ahead of me. There's no way that I would have gotten these tickets if I had n- I didn't have my charger because it just I was on for hours. So You know, because my friends didn't get tick, like didn't get the emails. I'm feeling also just this like gun to my head feeling that I have to, I have to do what I can to like get anything. So then we start to see scalpers who did, who did manage to get them in, like the East Coast shows, put them up online, and like twenty two thousand. I think it was one of the lowest. Upcharge tickets I saw, but there was one. It was one pit seat in New York for fifty-five thousand dollars. And I'm just obsessed with the idea of like the world's loneliest billionaire, like going <laughs> to Taylor Swift by themselves <laughs> and standing in the pit. <laughs> like it's a it's a beautiful thought, right? And at the time, I'm thinking like, oh God, people are like. Just be are being nuts about it, you know, because this is pre-sale once they're just trying to upcharge for people who are having anxiety, mm-hmm. really want to make sure they get their ticket Th- like people have Capital One, people have general sale, like what's the big deal? OK, so I get into finally I get into the waiting room I'm at 3 p.m. And I am there are about there's two thousand or more people ahead of me finally after an hour and a half i start to see that like okay i'm i'm officially in the top 2000 and then it just drops like you're just watching like hundreds and hundreds of people over like just seconds like seconds like i was i was already so i get into the ticketmaster thing the map is impossible to use like it was really hard to figure out the scale of what was available and then I realized like Molly, you just have to buy the tickets. Like everyone was going fast. So I I clicked three tickets. There was only tickets that cost one fourteen each, which I think is really fucking good mm-hmm. for anywhere in the stadium. Here's the here's the deal. They are to the side and they are in the absolute last row of the entire of the entire theater. So it's okay because I'm, I'm an adult, you know what I mean? Like that whole day was so exhausting for me. I was, I was so exhausted at this point that I was like, I don't know. It's just like that thing. Like I'm, I've never done, ran a marathon, but it's just that thing where it's like after you're like, whatever, you know, like I accomplished the thing, like I'm good. So yeah, like my three tickets, great. Tell my friends, great. I'm, you know, talking to people on TikTok, like, making response videos, saying, like, you still have a chance. Like, there really are no bad Taylor Swift tickets. Like, this is, like, if you paid, you know, if you're, like, I had to pay $600 for my seat, it's like, well, everyone else is probably going to be paying, like, 2000 for that same seat. So you're fine. A lot of people thought Taylor had opted into what's called, like, rolling prices, Which is when, like, the demand starts to increase. Ticketmaster will increase the price. But she did not. It turns out she did not opt into that. So, because that's very unlikable.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely.
3: So, Ticketmaster announced after the Capital One sale, which I heard was a similar style bloodbath, that the tickets were sold out completely. Like there are no more tickets left for Taylor Swift. And that does not make sense. Because, yeah, there's like, you know, a handful of tickets reserved for industry people. There's a handful of like comp seats. There's a handful of like radio contest winners or whatever. But that should never exceed like 2,500 people. Do you know? Yeah. In a 55, if there's 55,000 seats available at some shows, 35 at some, I mean, the idea of selling out 35,000 seats five nights in a row in Los Angeles is crazy. Yeah. So, like, if Capital One and Verified Fan was only supposed to have, I think they were each supposed to have 15%, which would leave 40% of the theater left, right? Now, my friend Mackie made a video about this because absolute mayhem broke out when Ticketmaster said we have an insufficient amount of tickets to do general sale. A lot of people were freaking out, but I was still keeping the faith that they were just going to figure out a different way to do the sale for general. Like maybe, you know, every every city is on a different day. Like some of these my show isn't until August of next year. You know, so there's plenty of time to secure these tickets, but it's also worth noting that Ticketmaster is, like, is the bot. They buy a lot of the tickets because they have their own reselling program. They're a monopoly. Like, so artists really don't have many other places to go to buy ticket or sell tickets. Like, it just... Yeah, the whole thing was discouraging. My friend Mackie, my 20-year-old friend, um, (laughs) who is a (laughs) Swifty, she she made a video sort of breaking down the problem with the math. And I'm going to play that for you guys because it's worth hearing.
4: Okay, so what now? So the chairman of Ticketmaster started off this morning trying to explain why everything was such a mess with presale. And their reasoning is that it was supposed to only be opened up to 1.5 million verified fans, which I'm a little confused about because I feel like there's been a lot of numbers thrown around and I've seen that there were 1.5 million verified fans like here, that there were 3 million verified fans, 3 million codes sent out, who knows. But the reason this was an issue is because they said that there were 14 million people on the site, which I've got to say doesn't make much sense to me. Eileen was just talking about this in her video, and we're in agreement because I don't understand this at all, just solely based on the fact that if you were someone who tried to get in a separate waiting room for a date that you did not have a code for or that you were not selected for, you couldn't even get in the waiting room, let alone the queue. Like a lot of people did this. I personally did it, she did it, I know a bunch of other people did it because Ticketmaster had told us that we would be able to use our code for the additional dates as well, and it turns out that like, that wasn't totally accurate because it wouldn't even let you in the waiting room or the queue so i don't understand how there were 14 million people that were in all these queues it doesn't make sense to me either way though they should have had people put the codes in before they entered the queue we also were informed today that ticketmaster sold 2 million tickets for the Air's tour which grossed 300 to 400 million which already beat reputation's record for the highest grossing stadium tour in the u.s which was expected but I don't think it was expected to happen based on one day of pre-sale. And now we've ended up here, where Ticketmaster has decided to cancel the general sale for tomorrow. And they're canceling due to high demands and insufficient remaining ticket inventory. Which I gotta say doesn't make much sense to me either, because pre-sale tickets are set aside, there's a certain amount that are held for pre-sale then there's a certain amount for capital one pre-sale and then another certain amount held back for general sale and normally general sale has the most tickets so i don't know how there's like a lack in inventory like where did they go because it seems like a lot of people did not get them did scalpers just get all of them I'm sure they will let us know where we go from here and I'm very interested to see what they do because of all the backlash and the fact that people are like legitimately investigating this situation. Are they going to try to bring back the reputation type system for the remaining tickets so that actual fans get the tickets? I guess we'll see. I don't know but
3: Taylor and Taylor Nation have still said nothing about it so I don't I don't know. So that's the thing like Taylor Nation and Taylor were both dead silent throughout this whole thing, oh. and the worst part to me this is where I was really offended was that Taylor Nation simply re- did a hard retweet on ticketmaster's statement about how there's no more tickets left, and everyone was like, "Excuse me and granted you know the facts are the facts, which is that like this is a Obviously, a legal thing between Taylor and Ticketmaster. So there's, you know, you, they can't trash them. They can't really make a statement. What are they supposed to do? Retweet it with a lyric? Like, that's really what Taylor Nation's <laughs> like thing is. But yeah, like I thought it was pretty, I thought it was pretty gnarly that that was their way of like acknowledging Ticketmaster's statement.
0: Right. Right. God, this is so fucked up. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Like, r- like a pre-sale is a predetermined amount of tickets. Like, something very clearly has been intentionally fucked up or it's just, like, complete idiocy and incompetence.
3: Well, and I don't want to give Ticketmaster even that, like, shield of potentially being dumb. Because mm. I think that they're evil. Like, I think the Ticketmaster, like any other monopoly, is evil. And, yeah. you know, a lot of artists feel that way about Ticketmaster. A lot of, you know, con- all concert goers feel that way because they also slap you with a bunch of fees. But then, like, fees for what? Like, thanks for your help. Like, we, like there's no, like custo- like, there's no customer service. You mm-hmm. used to be able to call Ticketmaster. I mean, that's how, like, you got tickets in the past. But anyway... Taylor finally speaks up. I don't know if you want to read this statement in your beautiful voice, but I feel like the audience could use a break from me.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do, my, I'll do a newsreader voice. Okay, in comes Taylor. Well, it goes without saying that I'm extremely protective of my fans. We've been doing this for decades together, and over the years I've brought so many elements of my career in-house. I've done this specifically to improve the quality of my fans' experience by doing it myself with my team who care as much about my fans as I do. It's really difficult for me to trust an outside entity with these relationships and loyalties and excruciating for me to watch mistakes happen with no recourse. There are a multitude of reasons why people had such a hard time trying to get tickets and I'm trying to figure out how this situation can be improved moving forward. I'm not gonna make excuses for anyone because we asked them multiple times if they could handle this kind of demand and we were assured they could. It's truly amazing that 2.4 million people got tickets, but it really pisses me off that a lot of them feel like they went through several bear attacks to get them. And to those who didn't get tickets, all I can say is that my hope is to provide more opportunities for us to all get together and sing these songs. Thank you for wanting to be there. You have no idea how much this means.
3: Let's parse it out, baby.
0: Mm, Interesting.
3: I'm going to say this first and foremost. It goes without saying that I'm extremely protective of my fans. Is that, like, I feel incredibly manipulative language. Because, Mm. like, Swifties are known for... I mean, like, what about, like, that whole Gaylor thing, like, last summer, where all of these, like, closeted Gaylors got fucking doxxed. And their, like, families, like, found... Like, they were outed to their families. Like... What about, like, all of the racism and what about all of the, you know, extreme bullying? Taylor has never asked her fans to, like, back off. And, like, I just sort of feel like that's not really being protective of fans within the community Mm -hmm. or, like, I I don't know. Like, sometimes you have to protect people from themselves. And, like, she just does not, like, ever give orders like that. So, you know, decades was, I thought, an interesting choice as well. but. Yeah, like, a lot of people are saying also that it, it sounds from a little bit from the beginning paragraph that potentially she might be starting her own ticket service or something.
0: I was gonna say, look, I mean, a lot of creators have gone on to build infrastructure around services that don't particularly serve them. And like, you know, I mean as much as I loathe Jeffree Star, I think it was an incredibly smart move for him to basically take on stuff like merch. Same with Jake Paul's little merch thing, whatever else it might be. All of that stuff is like really where the bulk of the money is made. And if you're always going to be held to ransom by this huge monopoly, this huge conglomerate where there is no other choice, then the experience is always going to be fucked because of that. So like,
2: That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard
1: Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
2: So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Wouldn't it be better for someone who has experience of like, you know, and a lot of money, she has a lot of fucking money, To be able to develop something else, like to develop something better, because
4: this is just how it's
0: been for the longest time. Like people are consistently getting fucked over by, I mean, not just Ticketmaster, but Live Nation, by scalpers, you know, festival tickets. Glastonbury is another thing where it's exceedingly hard to get tickets. And I think that I don't know what that's run through. But I mean, it's always a pretty bad user experience and the fans ultimately miss out, which is a real fucking bummer.
3: So Nicole. Matthew, my co founder of Solid and she is a massive Dave Matthews fan. And Dave Matthews has a thing called, I think, The Warehouse, where they basically, I think you do have to pay like a monthly fee to be a part of it, but you get like all these videos of live performances. Like, I think they stream shows on there a lot. I think that they do all sorts of things to like incentivize people to basically cough up. You know the ten bucks a month or whatever it is, but they also sell their tickets through the warehouse. So if you're a warehouse member, that's how you get access to tickets differently than like people who are not. And that mm-hmm. feels like something that would be Taylor would be a dumbass not to take that money because do you know how many like lunatic women and and gay <laughs> men will absolutely and MBs and MB in, sure maybe five straight men that are trying to get laid like. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many people who will pay like 10 bucks a month to first of all have access to all those like extras but then also potentially be in line for tickets in the future right so she right. has she has to figure out something to do like that i i also thought it was weird because like you know she can't really piss on the fact that she just had the best day of her career like 300 mm-hmm. to 400 million dollars in ticket sales in one day is yeah, bonkers.
0: Yeah, that's wild.
3: She does have to be careful with that, right? But then to say it's truly amazing that 2.4 million people got tickets and it's like babe, no they didn't. <laughs> like robots and scalpers got tickets. Like these are not your t- I mean, yeah, like of course you were going to sell out every show. That was never a question that 2.4 million tickets would be sold. But even just the implication that it's people is is kind of crazy when she says i'm not going to make excuses for anyone because we asked them multiple times that is to me is very obvious that she can't say one negative word about ticketmaster yes did i did i mention that there's a group of swifty lawyers that are oh. filing that are are filing like all sorts of things to get Ticketmaster reviewed. The Justice Department has opened up a case on Ticketmaster based off of the Taylor Swift sale.
0: I really want that little group of Swifty lawyers to go on and like fight injustice and call themselves Swift Justice.
3: Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, that's brilliant. (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> and then Ticketmaster makes like a tweet the next day after Taylor's thing and, and basically says we want to apologize to Taylor and her fans who had a terrible experience trying to purchase tickets. We feel we owe it to everyone to share some information and explain what happened. So, if you want to go, if you want to go click on on that, you know, I, I, you can do it. I'm not really interested in what they have to say truthfully, but there was a little thing added to the tweet that says readers added context they thought people might want to know. Bot attacks are well documented to be problematic for online sales and are directly proportional to the popularity of the item being sold. So there's a link to Data Dome. And then it also says that Ticketmaster has previously been accused of colluding with scalpers to inflate sales and prices. They have denied these claims, and there's a link to Variety. So I I think it's like kind of I think it slaps that there was yeah I just I I think that it's kind of like great that Twitter if that's Elon's move good for him he he did one thing right <laughs> but yeah so I I think it's great that you were able to add. Context like this like AOC everyone was saying like because AOC was you know tweeting about how Ticketmaster is a monopoly and they need to be taken down and people are like lol she didn't get her Taylor Swift tickets I'm like do you think Taylor Swift isn't comping AOC
0: yeah I mean that's exactly the sort of person she is like yeah come on this is giving me anxiety though because Beyonce is touring again next year
3: so that's a huge thing is that the beehive is like, thank God that the Swifties are like fucking cleaning up, like, mm. you know, or taking out the trash like before we have to deal with this. And like, I've seen a lot of people in the beehive be like, go Swifties, go like, get me, in the <laughs> run of you know, which is it's nice to see. Too, it's it's always beautiful to see two fandoms come together. The BTS fans are not happy because they feel like oh Swifties are getting the just, but like when it was our, when it was our guys, like they didn't do anything. So you know, there's always that. But yeah, I, I will say I've noticed what's Jungkook uh, Who's
0: gonna do? Come on! <laughs> I know,
3: I know. Probably like hopefully live a life someday. But yeah, like <laughs> I- I've noticed the the Arianators have been real quiet. So you know. I mean, I'm an Ari fan, too, but their fans, they call her Table. What? And I think it's because, like, she's not, like, the most curvaceous woman.
1: Oh. I
3: know. They call her Table. I call her Big Bird. But, (laughs) like... I, yeah, no, I think I'm going to dress as Big Bird for the concert.
0: Oh, I love that. I'm so happy you did get tickets. Though. Like, the other two tickets, were they, like, earmarked? Like, did you have, like, a syndicate that was, like, almost like a lotto syndicate, which is, like, if I get picked, I get them for us. If you get picked, you get them for us. Like, is that how it worked? No, like I pact? think
3: my other friends are more, like, are less, like, crazy than me in that sense, where... Like, I know Nicole goes hard for date math. In a way, I kind of was like, I felt like, like, they were, you know, my friends were like, okay, great. So you're going to do that (laughs) tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then, like, by the end of the day... I'm not even gonna lie. I had slight feelings of resentment because I was like, I don't think anyone understands what I just went through today. Right. And yeah. Like They're both like, wow, that's crazy. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, I just dealt with, like, psychological warfare for hours. Like, I had, a, like, a number done on me. So I came around to this, okay? If for some reason Nicole can't make it, I'm gonna sell her ticket and I'm gonna pay off my mortgage, okay? I, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I am charging Kate and Nicole a piece of merch or the equivalent in snacks. Because I'm like, babe, we, we each had a 350 budget on this. Like I got us for 114. Yes, they're the worst seats that exist, but the seats. I'm gonna need a hot dog for my for my problems, for my troubles. Like I'm gonna it's need dumb. I'm gonna need, sorry, I'm gonna need a crew neck for my troubles. And that's it. <laughs> So, yeah, but it's going to be, it's going to be fun, and I think, like, it's going to be nice to be in the way back and not have to worry about, like, getting tossed around, people, like, screaming too crazy, like, it's going to be people who really want to be there sit in the last row. And then we can leave before the encore and get in the fucking Uber, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so I survived, and... (laughs) No, but I still, I feel like there was points of the day where I was like, I don't even know if I want to go. Like, this is, like, so, this is so brutal that, like, I don't even know if I want to
0: go. But, yeah. I'm proud of you for surviving it. Thank you. Yeah,
3: it was really bad. And, like, I think that, like, Swifties are just, like, anxious people in general. Like, we all like this, you know, girl, right? (laughs) Like, who's, like, kind of, like, you know, I mean, Taylor's interesting herself. So, like, we were all kind of, like, I just was like, this. We are the worst group of people in terms of helping one another because no one stays calm, and everyone is just (laughs) flaring each other up. (laughs) Like it's like it's like yeah, but I feel like no matter. I after the other day, I do feel like I could survive the apocalypse and like rebuild. So
0: (laughs) you know when it like it's funny. You never know what you're capable of until you're thrown into a situation like that. You never know like you're, you're uh, how much resilience you have, or <laughs> how much patience you have. <laughs> like okay. I tell you you you're literally had gone to war. When I was
3: 15, I was down the beach with my nana and grandpa, and my grandpa was having chemo, and so he couldn't drive. But my nana was on prednisone, which is a blood thinner, and she cut her leg on the dishwasher. And was like, squir- like, it was like the blood was like squirting out of her. So I immediately go into the bathroom. I get a towel. I t- apply a tourniquet. She's like yelling at me because they're the nice towels. I'm like, shut up. And I <laughs> run out. I didn't have my license because I was only 15. And so I run out into the neighborhood and I find Mr. Hoy, who is actually my aunt Sarah's father-in-law. And I'm like, Mr. Hoy, my Nana needs to go to the hospital. And like, I brought her, we brought her to the hospital, like she, you know, and it's like down the beach too. So it's a small little hospital. And I just remember being like, that was the first time I feel like I was in an emergency situation. And I was the only one who could like actually physically do something by like getting up and running and like finding someone. So like after that happened my whole life, I've I've known that I'm pretty actually pretty good in an emergency situation and I will get it done. But that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I'm not gonna be a panicked
0: fucking mess the whole time. <laughs> I bet you were exhausted afterwards though.
3: Yeah, I took a Xanax and went immediately to bed. Like I Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot. Okay, let's talk about this little fucking rat coming for our girl.
0: Oh my God. I love that we both sent this to each other. I think within like a very short space of time. I love it when that happens in our little TikTok conversation. I cannot believe that this person, Bella Delgado, Bela Delgado, (laughs) Bella Delgado came for fucking Julia Fox. This guy, he's come for, he's on TikTok. He's a musician of sorts and has made a bit of a Mm, would you say a career out of but he has previously come for much beloved women on tiktok one of them being drew my lovely drew which people were not very happy with drew of course responds to misogynists by laughing at them and telling them that they're bold. so he'd come for drew previously and then he fucking came for julia fox and the context is he wrote a song that was called, like, Shut Up, Bitch, or something. It had Bitch in it. Yeah. And people were giving him a little bit of shit for it, right? They were, you know, there was a bit of a backlash. And Julia Fox had commented on his video something along the lines of, like, you need to go, like, babe, you need to go outside. Yeah. Like, you need to get out more. And so his response to that was to go on a fucking tirade about her. Do you want me to
3: play? the video yeah because like guys just like misogyny warning but yeah so here we go
2: you were proudly banging kanye west a once very vocal donald trump supporter while he was simultaneously running an extremely aggressive harassment campaign against his ex-wife He was likely hate tweeting her while in bed with you. You sold out every single last one of your feminist morals when you decided to play dress up with Kim Kardashian sloppy seconds. Yet you want to come into my comment section not even a year later to play the misogyny slaying messiah because I playfully use the word bitch in a song? So you mean to tell me you were willing to lay down and get your pork chop penetrated by a 45 year old man who once actually called a woman a bitch as an insult took credit for her fame, framed her as a liar, and proceeded to order a custom naked sculpture of her. Yet when I say the word in a joking manner, that's where you draw a line in the sand of detestability. You're a fucking joke and you stand for nothing. Not to mention the absolutely repulsive things he said about Amber Rose. You are not just a clown, Julia Fox, you are an entire carnival. And your only remotely notable ride is the one you took on Yeezy's drop tower to increasingly irrelevant stardom. By the way, I'll have you know I get out of the house plenty, unlike some people i have to actually work for
3: a living i mean so like who he's not azalea banks honey like (laughs) you cannot do this unless you are azalea banks i'm sorry it's just not it doesn't it's not a good look it doesn't read
0: it does not he really thought he did something like he truly thought he ate that and what killed me is when i went to the comments there were people who immediately like the fickleness of it all was that their heads were turned and they were like well actually yeah no he really did eat and leave and I was like no he didn't he fucking didn't there was like four very clear like five instances of slut shaming in that very short video one where he mentions that she was banging him second when he says that that he references being in bed with him
3: Mm -hmm. third when
0: he says sloppy seconds fourth Pork chop penetrated, which is a repulsive little sentence. I've never and then even ride on yeast. Disgusting, like literally like calling her a piece of meat.
3: I've never even heard I've never even heard someone refer to a vagina as a pork chop, and like that's was
0: one of the most confusing
3: elements to me of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the misogyny sometimes. Well, I don't know. I, I've seen it a bit lately, funnily enough, on TikTok where like <laughs> there is a lot of misogyny in the gay community, and I think we forgot that for a second. No, I we never forgot that for a that. little while.
3: No, there's a thing yeah. with some gay men that, like, you can tell that you are worth not. You mean nothing to them. You affect their life in no way. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
3: like the hostil- There's a lot of hostility. There's a lot of rudeness. There's also even a lot of cruelty that happens, where it's like you have to remind yourself, like, like. Yes, many gay men will consider you like a sister to them, right? But on the other side of that, there are gay men that literally don't see you as serving a purpose in the world because you don't Mm -hmm. get them off. Like you're annoying to them. Like it's the way that some people honestly feel about children, except an entire gender.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, totally. I'd like, and I totally agree. Like I've been super aware of the misogyny within the gay community and i've had it in some ways directed at me but i've just noticed on tiktok a lot like quite a lot lately there's been instances of it that where people are coming out with their full chests like and that's what i mean like we've collectively forgotten as in like we haven't seen it like excused in such a way but there was this video and then i think it was last week i'd seen a video of a guy who again, once again, he thought he ate when he was talking about a group of bachelorettes who were in yeah. a gay club and how he ripped her fucking like, you know, her crown off her head or something and threw it down on the ground. And he came on to TikTok with his full chest to, to, to talk about it as if people were going to give him like, I don't know, snaps and accolades for being, you know for getting rid of these like women in a in a queer space it was like well how do you know the women weren't queer like what the fuck yeah <laughs> like,
3: well exactly you don't own
0: the space like you don't own the fucking space and this is like yeah this guy thinks he fucking he really did something and he didn't and there's well he did of do gay something men who a fucking also, misogynist
3: gay men sometimes will like some gay men feel it's okay to like assault a woman because they are mm-hmm. A gay man and it's not like when like a straight guy punches his wife and like that's essentially what he did to this girl essentially was assault you know like Mm -hmm. he ripping off her crown and throwing it on the ground like don't touch other people yeah just because why she i think what happened was she had a drink she had a drink she took a sip and she didn't like it and she turned to like his boyfriend i think and said like do you want this and mm. the guy was, like, insulted that she had something she didn't like and then turned around and offered it to him. Whereas I actually feel that's community,
0: truthfully. <laughs> yeah, I would love to accept a, a drink from a drunk lady at a bar. Like, I really would.
3: Even if she says it's gross, I mean, it's on the menu.
0: Someone has to like it. So, yeah. yeah. I think pina coladas are gross, and some people find them delicious. If I ordered Absolutely. my like one by mistake, I would give it away. I would. I love a banana daiquiri.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna have a banana Zachary when I go to Vegas anyway like this like video got a different response I saw people I really like and admire like stitching this video and like laughing at it and yes like there are elements of truth to what he said about how it's just it's a, it was a little weird when Juliet was quote unquote dating this guy But, like, I also think it's insane to insinuate that they actually had sex. Like, there's no way. no way. No fucking way. I would be surprised if she did more than, like, a kiss that you would give a toddler. Yeah. You know, with, like, Mm -hmm. tight lips. Like, it just was very, like, you know, it's like, I don't know. I feel like even just the implication that they were fucking is kind of crazy, but... Yeah, I mean, there's some truth to it. Like, that's pretty questionable to date someone who's, like, publicly attacking their wife. And I think, you know, also, like, his anti-blackness is a a problem as well. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I also saw her doing what was more or less a job. Yeah, And a lot of us have worked for awful people. (laughs)
0: Look, it pains me to say this, and I'm going to take it back, but... Julia Fox may not be a perfect person and it does pain me to say that. Like she is, as much as we've deified her, she is capable of mistake. She's also capable of critique. But like this isn't, that's not what this is. Like this is, it's really fascinating how quickly the tide turned when people were given a small amount of justification to hate a woman again. And I think like this is the Amber Heard problem again, once again, which is like, we're just... We live in such a, like, toxic cu- culture of misogyny that anytime we're given an excuse to hate someone who's, like, <laughs> brilliant, gorgeous, beautiful, whatever, en masse, people will take it at the first opportunity they can, even if the week before they were singing their praises. It's because it's so deeply ingrained. Like
3: That's how I felt about the uncut
0: jams
3: thing. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it was just so, like, just such hater behavior. And I still don't really understand, like, what's particularly funny about it. But, yeah, I mean, no, of course she's not a perfect person. Julia's made it also evident that she really only likes to date billionaires, who are also not a notoriously, like, great group of people. So, (laughs) you know, but I think one of the things we like about her is that she's interesting. And, you know an eccentric she's an eccentric gal yeah so he goes private and apologized what did he say in his apology do you want me to play the apology
0: yeah play it's it's kind of behind his behind his i would say paywall but you don't have to pay to get it but somebody had screen screen recorded it there's at some point there's a bbc news trending news um sound that comes in which is not part of his apology but it's okay. just okay <laughs> i just want to pre you know prefix it with i that. do
3: that's why i love the internet. Is like. We'll just be listening to the fact (laughs) someone's toddler crying in the background as their screen or they're filming their other iPhone with their Android. (laughs) And it's like. Okay, here we go.
2: Hey there, guys. So this is going to be a different kind of video. As you've noticed, I put my account on private. That's because this is a message I only want to give you guys directly. I'm sure some of you are going to screen record it and go out of bounds and whatever. I can't stop you. But this is for you. I just want to start off by apologizing for the video that I posted a couple days ago about Julia Fox. It was, I know a lot of you thought it was funny. You were laughing in the comments. It was uncalled for. It was an overreaction from me and if you guys know me you know that's not what my heart is. I don't like talking about people like that. I was just really mad in the heat of the moment because I had been suspended for days. I had been mass reported and bombarded with hate videos from these radical feminist who decided I was villain of the week because I said the word bitch in a song and I took it all out on Julia Fox right there in that moment and that was ridiculous of me. And the part where I called her see a pork chop, that was just I'm I i, I do not know what got into I don't have a reason for you. And as far as all the people who are mad at me for using the word bitch, I don't know what to tell them. I'm not gonna stop using the word bitch. And you know who else isn't? Everybody. Like literally everybody I don't really don't know what y'all are on about. However, the main point of this video is something I don't know exactly how to say this, but I, I'm leaving TikTok. I'm really sorry. I, I can't do this anymore. And I've been thinking about this for quite a while. This app is poisoning my brain. I don't know who I am anymore. I literally put down my phone for five minutes and my brain immediately starts racing and sending signals and getting anxiety because I haven't checked TikTok. This app has quite literally altered my brain. I don't know what my direction in life is anymore. My entire life has become work. Make TikToks, sleep, make TikToks, eat, make TikToks. And I've just been stuck in this endless clout chasing circle for the past two something years. I am 22 years old. I'm not in school. I don't have a car. I'm not in a relationship. I am mentally underdeveloped. I'm still in the exact state of mind I was in when I was 20 and I started making these videos. And what I need to focus on at this point in time is me, my real life and things that actually matter and not this constant clout chasing for 15 more seconds of fame on TikTok. I genuinely thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for supporting me, for being a fan of me, or I don't know, maybe just being a really avid hater of me that follows me, that's fine too. And who knows, maybe I'll be in the state of mind to come back at some point, but I can't guarantee you that. As of right now, I'm about to head to work. After that, I'm going to go hang out with my friends. We're going to have a great old time. And I'm going to really work on finding who Bela is, because I feel like I've lost her. <laughs>
0: it's, it's a rich-, rich text. It's an incredible piece of media, that is.
3: Honey, when, when it got into, I don't have a car, I don't have a boyfriend, like... Oh, that was delicious. But also there's something so, this person is so shrill and so deranged that like, I don't know. I mean, I guess 22 helps explain it. Also saying mentally stunted at 20. Like, it's like, babe, uh. call me when you're 40 if you feel that way. But like, you're really just two years older. I, like, I
0: don't know what to say, Tiff. <laughs> it's a, it, is, it is a very rich text. My favorite things about it are that the like the energy shifts continuously throughout the piece throughout the monologue so I do love the sincerity and sort of gentle apologetic nature of the beginning of it and then I love when he has a fight almost with himself about yeah. the word bitch yeah. <laughs> like, he's like I'm not gonna stop saying it and then and then it just that it just devolves into like when you've been speaking for too long to someone and you just start telling them things yeah. <laughs> about yourself, which is like, I can only really get off to really fucked up porn, you yeah. know? And that's why we were talking
3: about your mom's like cornbread recipe. Like, are you yeah. okay?
0: Yeah. I think he's I think there's a there's a there's a kernel of, of truth to the idea that like he's stuck in a clout chasing circle. I believe that. I do think the blame it on the TikTok is like the Twinkie defense or Ted Bundy blaming everything on, you know, porn. It's like, okay, well, I mean, I spend a lot of time on TikTok and I'm not a raging misogynist. So I don't know about that.
3: I'm very confused. I have to say, honestly, like I'm feeling a diagnosis coming, but also that is the perfect setup for a return, mm-hmm that's a perfect setup for reinvention this is the classic the only js model i believe you could call it the chick got caught like calling someone the n-word and dms and yeah oh like then as i tried to come back many times under different things there was also the chick who was a barb who got caught saying racist things and she's come back? I forget her. I forget her name, but she was also a big person on TikTok. That's like sort of had to burn it down and reinvent. Plus, this person just put their videos on private. They didn't go like you know what I mean. Like they didn't mm-hmm. nuke their TikTok.
0: Yeah, there's a jam sketch that's called "Suicide with an Escape Clause," and I always think about that when you just do private as opposed to like nuking it all. It's like, yeah. Like, you want to jump from a 20 story building once? No, you want to jump from the first story 20 times.
3: <laughs> if you want to get over your, if you want to clean yourself up from an OxyContin uh, addiction, you flush the OxyContins. You don't put them in a, like, your sock drawer. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what it feels like. It feels like he's just trying to put the pills in the sock drawer while also claiming he's going on his personal health, mental health journey.
0: I hope he gets a car. I hope he gets a car. I also think, look, if if there hadn't have been a backlash, my dude would not have been going, actually, I've thought about it. And what I said about Julia Pox was really out of pocket. That was very misogynist. He never would have said that. He never would have come to this uh, this conclusion by himself. So the way that the apology is like framed is like, well, I've been giving it some thought. It's like, no, you haven't. It's because everybody's making videos and, and people who are, a little a little more thoughtful and a little bit smarter are able to kind of pick holes in this and I think step away maybe Julia Fox was right after all. maybe you do need to go outside isn't that the irony that that's That's what he's doing is he taking time off TikTok and going outside it's incredible honestly it's kind of amazing it's brilliant she never misses she never misses
3: (laughs) never misses but yeah I want to talk to you about the concept of you know because I saw someone saying that like the word bitch is a slur and like, it shouldn't be used at all. And like, I personally feel like that's a little bit extreme. Like, you know what I mean? There's always going to be people that are like Mm -hmm. putting the word bitch in like scripts and like, they're better for it. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's like the word is like, it's powerful, but it's not, to me, it's not offensive. If a man calls me a bitch, that makes me mad. Big time. And I think one thing they might have gotten track with, this Bila Delgado person, what they might have gotten off track with is that, like, they had said at one point that they were calling themselves a bitch. And mm-hmm. that should be, oh, I feel that should be okay, but his reaction was so disproportionate. I, but I, I personally, I don't know if I feel bitch is a slur.
0: No, I like, it's a word I use a lot. I use it in an affectionate way, in a playful way, but I am a woman like funnily enough like billy my husband doesn't say it like he feels uncomfortable saying it like yeah because for him it's uncomfortable to call someone a bitch like even you know he for some reason loves it when i call him but like when he's when he does something and i'm like oh you little bitch
3: yeah like my friend said the other night like I don't like it when people use the word bitch. And I don't like it when men call each other a bitch. Like, it's a gendered slur. And I was like, okay, woke king. Like, are you fucking kidding? Like, (laughs) okay, woke king. Like, but no, that's my relationship rule, first and foremost. Like, if I have any other rules in a relationship, it's that once a man calls you a bitch, it's over. Like, Mm -hmm. once phone Mm -hmm. trust is gone, it's over. If you can't trust someone with their phone, it's done. And if, so if a man calls me a bitch, I'm done. I'm out. Because like that to me is such like a disrespectful word coming from a man and such like, it's always used in the context of like truly like belittling what could be a valid point. Yeah. Or like a valid mood that someone's allowed to feel. And it's like that for me, that's like a a word that like, I'm just not going to be called by a man. But you know.
0: I feel it it's so gross when it comes out of a man's mouth. Like I've never heard it. Well, maybe I don't know. No, I I, I th- I'm thinking about like straight men who've said it about another woman. Like there was a politician here that I really that was absolutely loathsome and has done some pretty nasty, horrible things to, you know, just like human rights abuses, like nothing major. Just just big time shit like that. And I was talking to someone who I used to work with and he said, Yeah, you know, she's such a bitch. And then he said, Oh, sorry. Like, so like there was acknowledgement of like that it was a that that it was gendered because he immediately apologized to me. And I was like, no, she is a bitch, but I don't know how I feel about you calling her a bitch. Like I don't know about that.
3: Yeah, there's something that's like, it's so emasculating to me. Like, I to see a guy like resort to that, it's there's something about it that is just so I don't know, like just zero balls energy but it's also Mm -hmm. those are prison rules baby there is a there is one (laughs) word you are not allowed to say in men's prison and it's bitch and I think that's very yeah that's like a huge like on 60 days in whenever they like are prepping people they're like under no circumstances are you to call another prisoner bitch like that is how you wind up getting this like stuffing beat out of you
0: holy shit okay
3: Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because there's few, few, I mean, no, there's probably a lot of unofficial rules in prison. That's probably how they work. But (laughs) (laughs) you're not allowed to call someone a bitch under any circumstances in a male, in a male jail or prison unit. Unless you want to get,
0: yeah, murdered. I'll know that next time I go to prison.
3: Well, let's see. I'll probably put a prediction about Bila Delgado on my on my prediction list. I'm not <laughs> what it is, I'm not sure. So Tiff, what would you do if your neighbor brought you a pot of chili?
0: <laughs> I would be confused. And I think I would at first be confused. I would be extremely polite. Because if there's one thing about me, it is that I am polite to a fault. So I would take it. I wouldn't eat it because I don't know what their home is like. And having once been served like a, a pie that was half eaten by a cat at a buffet, I don't trust what's going on in people's houses. And then I would return the bowl to them and say, thank you very much. And then hope that they never did it again, I guess. What about you?
3: I would probably have a similar, depending on, yeah, I mean, if I knew, exactly, if I knew how they kept their house or whatever, or if I'd eaten with them before or something, I would probably give it a chance if it, if, if my experience was great. However, like, you know, it's just sometimes it feels like, and this is not the case in this scenario, people just have leftovers and they just don't, they just want to like, r- like relieve themselves of it. So it's like, here's my trash.
0: <laughs> yeah. I remember my downstairs neighbor once gave my dog a lamb bone. That was one of the big, it was like the size of her. Okay. And I thought that was, that was very sweet because he'd seen her and they were like, he'd, yeah, he would go to this butcher's and anyway, so he came upstairs and he knocked the door and he said, oh, I have, I have this if your dog wants it. And she fucking loved it. So right. I mean, that it, was yeah.
3: cute. That's one of those things where you are like doing something for your pet. Sometimes it's easier to accept someone giving something to someone you love than it is to accept it yourself. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this this woman who I should just add because like I think that this is one thing that people kept bringing up was that she is neurodivergent. Yes. But I'm not really sure. I mean it applies as much as it does in everyday life, but I'm not really sure that that it so much applies here cuz this doesn't feel like a particularly like neurodivergent act where a situation was completely misread. Do you know what I mean? Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. But this group of college boys had moved into her building, and she had said that they were really nice guys, like very quiet, which was like a huge surprise for her. Like, she had mentioned that the only thing they'd done that was kind of annoying was that they had Christmas lights up. But she had noticed that their trash can was overflowing with pizza boxes. And there had been a few times that, like, DoorDash or something had come to her house, thinking that it was, or her apartment, thinking that it was for the, you know, who it was for the delivery. And she was like, it seems like these guys, like, really only eat out. Like, I kind of want to do something for them. So she fixed a big pot of chili to bring over to them. And this apparently made the internet really mad. People were calling it a consent violation. <sighs> One thing that was brought up early on, and this was a plot twist later on who this person was that said this, but basically they compared it to like pushing someone in a wheelchair without their permission, assuming that they need help. Another one was- Yeah, no, it is
0: exactly the same. It is exactly the same.
3: Another one was seeing an elderly person in front of a sidewalk and assuming that- They're just waiting for someone to offer to walk them across, Mm -hmm. which is, I don't know. To me, that's a little different. And if I was an old person, I'd rather someone ask me if I want help than. Oh, yes.
0: hundred percent.
3: But yeah, this like it raised a lot of it raised a lot of questions. There was people who were like big fucking deal. Like, you know what I mean? Like big fucking deal. Yeah.
0: There was a lot of gendered stuff as well around like around like the incompetence of young men who leave the home for the first time and don't learn basic skills. And it was like, no, don't feed them. They have to learn by themselves. <laughs> Which I thought was like uh I mean, the it is a valid point. Like a lot of people like will leave home and, and not have those basic skills, but they'll soon A run out of money or B like and, and then have to develop those cooking skills or you know. Or they'll find someone who'll do it for them, someone who will like mother them. That's like not unusual.
3: <laughs> but and, like, I don't there know there is yeah, it's a kind of pass that's given to men a little bit where it's like, yeah. oh, they're just dopes, you know, yeah. like they don't know yeah. what they're doing. But I mean, this could be a thing that's as easy as like she's had, I don't know, like maybe they're international students and they like don't know that like their way to the market right now and they're just busy fucking studying and like they, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, to me, it's like this assumption that, I don't know, like if someone did something nice for me, would it be okay because
0: I'm a woman? Mm, yeah. I'm like, it's if it, this is really funny to me because like, one, I'm someone who gets a lot of stuff delivered. And I feel like a consistent burden on my neighbors. Like there are times where, especially when I get food delivered or even if it's groceries, like bear in mind, I don't have a vehicle Like, I can't carry heavy things. I get stuff delivered. Sorry to the fucking union cat who might be listening to this. They'll think that's fucked up. But, you know, sometimes I get stuff delivered. And and I'm always really consciously embarrassed about it. I never want, like, my neighbors to have to, you know, take stuff in for me or whatever. So I'm on the app watching the person approaching. And I'm usually, like, waiting by the door like some fucking sad sack for them to drop off my, like, wingstop or whatever. But, like, so I like uh, Yeah. There's a, have I have a top. Yeah. 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 We do. Oh, we, I didn't know uh, that. I had it last night.
3: <laughs> I, I entered my Taco Bell era. I don't know if I told you, but I figured out that I can kind of eat Taco Bell.
0: Oh, I'm so happy for you.
3: I know. And you love
0: Taco Bell. Like, I do. Really- I love how shit it is. Yeah. <laughs> people are like you've never had real fucking Mexican food. And I'm like, I've been to Mexico. I've had great Mexican food in California and great Tex-Mex in Texas. Sometimes I want a fucking taco bell. Like, let me live. Thank you. But yeah, yeah I-, I mean the essence of the
3: crunchy taco is essentially like white people taco night tacos where mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's some ground seasoned beef, a little bit of cheese. Some lettuce. If you want to go crazy, you can have them throw some sour cream and tomatoes on there. But for the most, oh yeah, part, grande,
0: mm-hmm,
3: <laughs> where like the Dorito taco is
0: like <gasps> genius. Oh, genius. That's like when I'm like, maybe capitalism was a good idea.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, unfortunately, I was not in my Taco Bell era when they had the cool ranch Dorito shell. But like that
0: would have oh, absolutely shit was hit. insane. Yeah, yeah.
3: So, like, this is another little subplot and some of the interesting characters who were part of this. So, one woman wrote, like, you know, she agreed with this ac- account that goes by Fenn as saying it's very much like grabbing someone's wheelchair or try- and trying to, quote, help by pushing them as a total stranger. This is ex- exactly the analogy I was searching for, but I couldn't come up with. Thank you both. And they wrote back, thank you for the great thread. It put into words a lot of things I'd been vaguely feeling slash thinking about during this whole incident. And then going back to tweets that they had sent earlier that day, they had tweeted out, I may have found tenants, three people planning to cohabitate, around 30 years old, one with two cats. It's everything I wanted. And then in parentheses at the bottom, I'm just sad I've never actually met them. I would love to subtly let them know that I'm queer so that they know I'm fine with them being poly, if applicable. And then it's the monkey covering his eyes emoji. And someone wrote underneath to them, they replied, please make sure to ask the landlord before, ask for a new contract and let the roommate also sign. If you were the quote main tenant, the landlord can ask you to pay for everything that is damaged, even if the roommate caused it. If both sign, it's 50-50. And then they wrote back, I'm actually the landlord. So, wow. w- so one of the people in this whole chili fiasco is literally a fucking landlord and they're the one <laughs> and they're the one who is making such a big deal of this. Then there's this other person who goes like please retweet pinned. That's like their name on here. It goes, "I am one of the most neighborly people out there." But if some random WP white person, I think, sometimes got my dash orders and decided it was time to cook me the saddest little ground beef and vegetable dish because of assumptions made without a conversation had.
0: oh my god I'd refuse (laughs) to answer the
3: door too like yeah it's neighborly to cook for your neighbors but not before finding out if they want to be cooked for and if they have any food aversions (laughs) slash allergies plus we're literally in the middle of a pandemic maybe (laughs) don't (laughs)
0: Everyone knows that COVID is mostly spread through Chile. So this is really fucked up.
3: (laughs) Not surprised that offline boundaries suck too. Next slide. (gasps) I've done food exchanges with my neighbors. I've had plates offered to me from holiday meals. I've let my neighbors, quote, borrow a cup of sugar and use my kitchen appliances to cook meals. That shit is still not okay without getting consent. Quote, (laughs) next week, quote, I'm convinced they don't know how to cook. Then they go off. Did you ask them? Maybe their kitchen appliances are messed up. Maybe they don't have the energy to cook. Maybe it's easier to figure out who owes what for food costs with all these roommates with delivery. Maybe they're busy. Ask. As someone who has worked at, donated to, and has had some really close friends in my local Food Not Bombs... One of the first things you learn in, in supplemental meal activism is to allow for food allergies and religious exemptions Whoa. from things like beef and pork. But hey, intent, right? Oh my
0: god. Was it supplemental
3: what? Supplemental meal activism? Meal
0: activism.
3: I mean, supplemental oh. meal activism. <laughs> Holy
0: fucking shit.
3: I've literally never seen someone who is like everything i fucking hate in the world (laughs) so much (laughs) like i've never seen someone achieve this level of being so fucking unlikable particularly to me like
0: (laughs) unbelievable that is incredible that's almost like that's what super well crafted i feel like if i was a person on the right who was trying to make it look like (laughs) that the woke left had gone too far this would be the kind of bot tweet that i would write
3: oh absolutely absolutely this might be a bot so then it goes on it doesn't matter that food was prepared for a group of people who ultimately ended up refusing because talking to your neighbors is so unheard of in circles with shit online boundaries towards people with shit online boundaries towards people the intent was good right no It was presumptive and stereotypical WP shit. I quote, I offered the kind of help I would have wanted. And if they didn't like that, that's too bad. Then their statement. This is that to wait. This is that do something that doesn't actually help absolve yourself of guilt bullshit. We see in, quote, thoughts and prayers all the time. And people are right to say it's weird. If you really wanted to be there for your neighbors, you'd have talked to them, get to know them as people, ask them if they're okay with getting cooked meals, ask for some meal ideas the whole household enjoys, find out their needs and meet them if they can. This was not that. This was some white savior shit. And it's really fucking weird to see so many people answer fucked up feelings about saviorism with, have you talked to an offline person? Have you? If you had, you know it's completely normal and common for people to not want to eat foods prepared in a person's home with indoor pets. And there's nothing wrong with that. People let their dogs lick spoons and their cats climb on counters. This person also says they also went on a little rant about how they put carrots in the chili. And like, this is not how. This is not how you make chili. (laughs) If someone had come up to you and said, you know, someone said, I don't know, this goes back and forth. But the person saying that, like, where they're from in Texas, like, this would have been met with like a bless your like the carrots would have been met with like a bless your heart or a provisita or something. But like this was just too oh my god, uh, like, honestly, Tiffany, a bridge too far. And by the way, I think the boys took the chili and they liked it.
0: Yes. I mean, oh, of course it's this is so wild to me. It's like that response is like fucking beyond belief. I'm aghast at it. Like the level of, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, i don't even know what the word is that i'm searching for but like we can all play that game i can be like well when you're doing your you know food activism have you considered even when you're asking for dietary requirements that you know we're in a climate crisis and so you know if meat has been prepared then to destroy it would be wasteful and so like have you ever considered that perhaps like you know like fucking it's like an endless circle like who wants to be the most asshole ish
3: it's um grow up i've i don't think i've ever seen i'm going to send you this tweet just so you have it for safekeeping cause there's also a little <laughs> bit more of a thread of how like absolutely unhinged this person is and i don't even like that word but i do think that we need to put out a supplemental meal activist t-shirt <laughs> oh, we absolutely
0: do supplemental meal activist Oh God, I I was exhausted. I'm just still exhausted hearing about that. That's wild. Look, here's like, here's what the probably normal solution would have been. Maybe knock the door, say, hi, you live next door to me. My name's such and such. If I can ever do anything, like I like to like batch cook. I'd love to make you guys like a kind of welcome dish. Is there anything, you know, I'm making a chili. Would you want some or is there anything you'd like? That's like normal behavior if you were feeling particularly cautious. But I don't think it requires like a full, like uh, <laughs> this like pseudo-intellectual analysis of like white savior complex that just simply does not apply. And also, it's perfectly fine to use carrots and celery and onions as a sofrito as a base for whatever you wanted to use it for. Like I'm not the chili police. Do what you want.
3: I I, I mean like yeah, it's I mean where does a mirepoix make a bad you know introduction? It's like a very it's a very normal thing. Now here's my question. Like, I I mean, I don't know how you feel. I feel a little resentful that the neurodivergence was brought up because I don't think there was like anything particularly like what would be classified as like that needing to be part of a headline in any way. Like, no, this is a neurodivergent person who did something that like literally I know a lot of neurotypical people who are a lot less boundary than this.
0: Like, yes, it's. I think at its core as well, it's like it is. It is a very sweet gesture. It may be like you know, uh, some people may feel it's very misplaced, but like I, it is a ultimately like a very good and sweet gesture. And yeah, the fact that this person may be neurodivergent really doesn't. Uh, yeah, doesn't wash. There will be plenty of neurotypical people who will behave in exactly the same way. I'm thinking about the covid of it all, and like my neighborhood was very it was was very friendly throughout the beginning stages of the pandemic, and people would leave stuff out for each other and then they would leave little notes about how it had been sanitized and you know there was like a real sense of like helping and community that was happening and a lot of kind of like there was meal delivery happening as well, like people were go people were setting up groups on on facebook and saying like oh hey like we're using surplus food from restaurants we're cooking it like we'll deliver it to you and i think that we are in essence probably looking and searching for community i think that's a very human impulse a very human act i think especially after a few years of not feeling connected to each other in any particular way so this feels entirely neurotypical (laughs) (laughs) that many other people would have done. And like, it's not, I don't know. I just think it's, that's ableist to mention this person's neurodiversity at the top
3: feel it's like it's like yes she has that in her bio but like not everything she does is like inherently informed by like this thing and i really don't i mean like i'll be real with you i think that some of the most neurotypical people i've met are actually some of the fucking nosiest like like rudest (laughs) motherfuckers like you know so i actually think that this is like literally fine but yeah apparently it's a big sin anyway it was nice to be treated to i think potentially what could be our final days of twitter it was nice to see people fucking around that hard because like this whole thing could blow up tomorrow and we're getting chilly gate
0: (laughs) The, the one last hurrah that we can have it's on a this house. It's the 2022 Bean Dad. It is. It is. I'm glad we had one.
3: But Elon Musk is ruining Twitter. Do you want to just say say uh these final
0: <sighs> Yeah, he's still ruining Twitter. Sorry guys. Uh, it's getting worse. He sent out this absolutely fucking insane email to the to the staff of twitter that said going forward to build a breakthrough twitter 2.0 and succeed in an increasingly competitive world you will need to be extremely hardcore this will mean working long hours at high intensity only exceptional performance will constitute a passing grade twitter will be much more engineering driven design and product management will still be very important and report to me but those writing great code will constitute the majority of our team and have the greatest sway. At its heart, Twitter is still a software and service company, so I think this makes sense. One of my biggest clients is a SaaS business, so I've been working in SaaS software as a a service the last few years. Twitter is not a software and service company. (laughs) It just isn't. It literally isn't. If you are sure that you want to be part of the new Twitter, please click yes on the link below. Anyone who has not done so by 5 p.m. ET tomorrow will receive three months of severance. Whatever decision you make, thank you for your efforts to make Twitter successful. Thank you very much, Elon. I don't want to be part of a hardcore, late night, fucking whatever this is. I will take three months of pay and find another job. Thank you very
3: much. Yeah, so like Twitter only had about 2,000 employees after that last round of layoffs. And I believe about half of them left under this, you know, sort of like new demand. It also was a thing where even though a lot of Twitter employees do not live even in the States, He was saying, I want everyone to, like, be at the office. So, like, a lot of people were like, I literally can't. Like, I live in, like, China or something. Like, where am I? How am I going to get to the San Francisco office every day without, like, abandoning my life as I know it? And everyone knows this kind of work environment where they're like, this is startup culture, honestly. The way that he's talking about this is if Twitter wasn't already, like, a functioning Mm -hmm. thing. And, of course... He did not properly make sure that everyone was like locked out of the system or anything. So everyone who was quitting still still might have. There's a lot of people who still might have access to the Twitter backend.
0: And there's people who don't have access to like even the Twitter buildings because they they fired the guy who was responsible for issuing like passes or something. The badges. So got yeah, and then he had to be like. He got, like, a groveling phone call asked if he could, like, reinstate the badges they could get back into the fucking building. Yeah. Which is so dumb.
3: Twitter employees also, I guess I didn't realize that at the San Francisco office, they, like, beam... They can beam live tweets on the side of the building, and they basically, like, ran a rolling list of insults about him. Like, you know, one of them being, like, of course, like... Space Karen. Space Karen. Like, I think, like, you know... Apartheid, Clyde. They might have quoted Azelia Banks. I don't know, but it was basically Ugh. like all just them revolting and making fun of him. And like, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't have the loyalties. He's a notorious overworker too. I mean, this is what he did at Tesla. Like, why would you stick around? The sad part is, is that I saw a video of developers who, you know, every single one of them had been at the company for at least nine years, and yeah. Losing your job because of like, I mean they'll all they'll all move on to great things and like people will want to interview them simply for the dirt, but mm. yeah I just I feel bad. It's so weird.
0: It's so weird and archaic. Especially I've noticed that there have been conversations seeded about about like Twitter work culture and probably tech work culture in general. I think Joe Rogan was talking about how there was a girl who did a video on TikTok that was like a day in the life at Twitter. And he was like, she never does any work. It's like, she comes in, she shows the snacks that they get. She shows like all of the kind of like cool areas. And the and, and people have started to internalize this weird thing where they're talking about these people who worked at Twitter as if they were just all completely slacking off all day. and And so therefore this like, pretty like I don't know seismic event that's happened that will affect them during a huge economic crisis is kind of their fault for getting a job where they can slack off all day and I just I think it's really the whole thing is really archaic like the first thing is that Elon Musk is like the soul of a fucking boomer to assume sure. that like you need to do your best work in the office like we've known that that is not true and it's the reason why very highly performing tech companies usually have a distributed workforce and this is because you can attract and hire the best talent not the talent that's closest to the fucking office building it means that like you know the people that work for you are genuinely the best people for the job so like having a distributed workforce is better for the majority of companies it also means that you can have hires that are women who have children or or people that have children so they can have the flexibility to work around that so that you don't lock out an entire subset of the workforce because they just happen to be in the correct proximity. So it's like, this is really boomerish. And then it's also the girl who did the video of a day in the life of Twitter. It's like, what did you expect her to show? Like she'd be NDA'd up to the hilt. Absolutely. She can only show the best bits of her fucking office, idiots. Like, of course, she's going to show you the snack drawer. She's not going to show you the back end of the fucking code or anything confidential so it's like oh she didn't do any work it's like no she didn't show you the work like duh and these companies that have a huge amount of money again this is all to do with hiring the best talent will create the best offering as a business because they can financially like a lot of people are looking for great benefits they're looking for great soft benefits they're looking for great work culture so like I'm sorry, like, is having a snack drawer on Friday afternoons off a bad thing? No, ultimately it benefits the company. And it pains me to say that because capitalism is a disease, but you know, (laughs) you can have fun with it. You can have like fun drinks at your capitalist workplace. So I found the whole thing really distasteful. And I think speaks to just how like out of touch and stupid Elon Musk is. And a friend of mine tweeted this thing and it's like, I've been thinking about this for a while and I couldn't articulate it properly, but shout out to Jessica who said this thing. All I'm hoping for from the Twitter downfall is that it will break the cultural myth that the super rich are somehow special or more talented and more deserving than the rest of us. When really they're just people who once happened to be in the right place at the right time. He's not, he's not cleverer than us.
3: I have to spray one of the cats. Uh, there's a fight.
0: Okay.
3: Um, Yeah, I mean, he's literally not, and you were the one who really, like, brought that to my attention, because I was, you know, talking to my hair lady about this yesterday, and her boyfriend's a psychologist, and was like, he has the same problem wrong with him as Kanye does, he's, like, manic, and I don't know if that's true, but I was like, I think he had one hit with PayPal, he already was from money, he had one hit with PayPal, and what a hit that was, but, like, I like literally don't know if I really don't think he's that smart.
0: I don't think he is either. I think he's a he's a money man. He's a venture capitalist. I think he's an excellent marketer. And I think the greatest thing he's been able to market is himself. Like really, truly, like he's been able to build a level of like mythology and legend status around him, which thankfully is now starting to dull. And I think I'd seen a few takes on TikTok about how the great the great thing about twitter's downfall i say the great thing the the really troubling thing about twitter's downfall is that we've seen it as a place and a hub where people go when things are happening in the world really quickly so like the arab spring being a prime example or anything where there is this kind of like crowdsourced citizen storytelling i won't say journalism because i don't think it is but citizen storytelling and a kind of idea of a a collective truth that's happening in real time And one of the best ways to undermine that is to undermine the people and the platform where it's coming from. And so I think if he is playing a kind of 4D chess, it is to destroy the idea of, I don't know, people being able to, people being able to like tell a story in a truthful way and have it reach a lot of people really quickly. It can happen on TikTok, but the barrier to entry is a little higher. You have to make a video on twitter on Twitter. you can just tell the truth about where you are and what's happening, and it's a really and it can be really powerful, and we've seen it be really powerful. So I don't know if he's destroying it for that reason. i'll I'll link the TikTok that I saw about this because the guy really articulates it in a far more better way than I could have, but I don't know. I I I partially believe that fifty percent believe that, and I and I fifty percent believe that like he's in out of his like Elon's out of his depth. He's in over his head, and he's gonna hopefully run it into the ground and and lose his shirt. And I love Twitter, but I would give it up for <laughs> for Elon to have a bad time.
3: I mean, I can't believe last night I was on Twitter chilling in bed. And all of a sudden, I saw, like, a really old tweet of mine and uh, where I just, I think I was saying to someone, like, you're really on a good one, girl, or something. And clicked on it to see what it was. And it was me responding to some, like, mentally ill senator or something who was responding to Trump. <laughs> and I realized, oh, my God, that motherfucker is back. Same
0: with Andrew Tate. He reinstated mm-hmm. Trump and Tate. like. Mm-hmm. And Kathy Griffin, so it doesn't look like he's just reinstating... And Jordan Peterson, but Kathy Griffin, so he's like, oh, the scales are balanced. I'm not just reinstating, you know, the worst fucking people who don't and shouldn't have a platform. Yeah,
3: I, I think that uh, I think that one of the most insulting parts of the little Kathy Griffin thing was that he spelled her name wrong. He spelled it K-A-T-H-I-E. Mm-hmm. Did you see that also it was all coming out that Tallulah Riley was the one who told him to buy twitter and i was wondering if there was some (gasps) weird ex-girlfriend drama because like he met grimes on twitter we can't forget that he married to riley twice like she was sending him tweets that were saying like you need to make it a free speech website or just delete it from the internet you know and like it was very i was like is this girlfriend drama
0: Mmm. Well, he is a very sad little weak man with a very fragile ego. Oh. I've been going through Grimes' likes. Her likes have been kind of interesting and a bit telling because she hasn't been tweeting through this, but she has been on Twitter. Mm. Like she's been liking stuff. And okay, so she liked this tweet. It said, Elon is in his Napoleon's 1814 campaign right now, taking direct command of a now smaller army, sighting cannons himself, moving fast and breaking things. Godspeed.
3: mm yeah, sounds about right. Okay,
0: Claire. Okay, Claire. And then she'll like like a tweet about Cinnabons, and then she'll like something else. Oh, the more successful you are, the more people FUD about you. FUD makes you stronger, not weaker. And that was in response to a Elon tweet. So she's definitely still in Elon's corner, which does pain me, but what can I expect from Claire? She's my problematic fave. Yeah, you do one.
3: love her. And, it. you know, I don't know. I just, I feel like, I feel like they're doing like synthetic like psychedelics and like they're (laughs) all permanently messed up like i feel like they have some next level shit
0: yeah yeah yeah
3: and i just don't know about that but yeah we'll see what we'll see what happens in the near future in the meantime i'll make sure that tiffany and i both have a link or two that you can go find us at in case twitter comes down if any of you just happen to know me or tiff from twitter only but yeah you guys this was a jam-packed week kind of ridiculous I'm really sorry to all the Swifties that didn't get tickets. Like I feel ter- I really do feel terrible. But I have a feeling that this will work out for you. And just remember to go to StubHub and set your set like the con- like a, an alarm to go up for the price you were like most comfortable being your max. And like c- keep that alarm on until the night of the concert. Because with it being in August, you know, I was joking that like a lot of people will pass away. And that is true. <laughs> There's probably a lot of ladies who are going to get pregnant in the next month or so and, like, literally not be able to make it.
0: Um, August is wedding season as well. I bet there's, like, a best friend's wedding that's happening or your own wedding that's happening. Like, that's a good time to yeah. also not go to a concert. Mm-hmm.
3: There's one of the shows is on Mother's Day, which could be oh. really good or really bad. Yeah, so just you know, just keep an open mind, you know, and make sure – I'm, I'm dead serious that StubHub alert thing – has not just helped me when I've had to resell tickets because like, you know, I drop it by a dollar and all of a sudden someone snatches them up. But it's also been, it's also been helpful for me when I'm trying to get tickets and people will, things happen. You know, someone goes to the ER tickets go up. So yeah, just saying. All right. Have a good week, you guys, and be safe and look forward for our predictions episode.
0: Yes, absolutely. And also feel free to tweet us your predictions if Twitter's still up. Or you can Instagram or email them to us.
3: Always, yeah, always feel free to join us over on Instagram. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Be safe. Bye. Bye.
1: Can't cause girls on the one you want to meet But I ain't never seen a shawty that look like a double G Every girl in here ten, but there ain't no Tennessee And you might just get some money, but it ain't no guarantee Delta G's on the left, Delta G's on the right And you know I stay in Texas, I don't really like to fight Like we in 2013, shawty do it for the vines Shawty moving real well, i might have to wind it down Throw the money to the ceiling, now watch it hit the floor Now rack it up, huh, Rat, rack, rack, rack it up King, back it up, huh, back, back, bag it up King, stack it up, stack, 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 stack it up She said, where you Sam Marcus down in Texas. And snake. if I drop a pen, best believe that she on the Thought way she was important. But I'm her right about I'm away. the way Delta G's tonight, Told her baby I got cheese tonight. Get a scholarship. I ain't smoking on no T A C low tolerance All these ladies telling me I'm finna blow, like the tell her. Shout out turbo tax, tax refund. What's another like baby. the quarterback at recess? No rush. And you gon' end up like a call of duty mission, no rush. This ain't UT, why your shirt orange like a pump? Mama called me, asked me how college is, and I said bless.